Now you would think, wouldn't you, because um, as, as Phil said, I'm, I have the privilege of being part of this great worship team that we have at Arena, that when Phil asked me to speak on worship, my initial reaction would have been, woohoo, well it was actually, it was that, but half of me was like, worship, I actually find it quite difficult to preach on worship in this context only because I think probably people already have preconceived ideas of what worship is. It's something we do every Sunday. We sing songs to God. And it's also something that most of us have heard the phrase, worship is a lifestyle. So it's not just something we do on Sundays. But how do I bring something new tonight to us that that will inspire us and help us on this whole theme of worship? You know, if, if Phil had given me a title, 10 points on how to live the blessed life or five five points on how to see the favor of God over us, I I, I probably would have thought, yeah, I can do that. That's great. You know, that's a really inspiring thing. But how do I inspire a church that is already good, in my estimation, at bringing worship to God? It never seems difficult, guys, for us to lead worship from day one in Mansfield. It's been a privilege and an honor to lead you in worship because you guys are always there. You're always ready to get into God's presence. So what can I bring tonight that will help us on our journey in lifting the level in worship, not just corporately, but personally? So hopefully, over the next 15, 20 minutes, I'm going to endeavor to do that. Now, when I was younger, I was always brought up in church, up until about 16, 17, when I actually left church. And all those times I sang, I had the privilege of singing with my sister and in the teams and That dad reminded me yesterday, they were the days when somebody from the congregation offered to get up and give a solo. I mean, how many of you remember those days, you know, could get anything, couldn't you, on a Sunday? Anyway, I used to get, and did, yeah, I used to get up sometimes on a Sunday and sing with my sister, and I think it was okay, you know, people used to say it was. Um, But when I left church, I never sang. For seven years, I left church, I wasn't a Christian, and I never sang. I have no desire to sing. desire to sing and worship God just was renewed in me. It was sparked in me. Now, I was thinking about that. Now, you could say, well, Julie, that's because God's given you that anointing to, to be a worship leader. Possibly. But actually, sing in tune or not, there's a desire to connect with God, not because God is a God that just wants Come and bless me, come and love me. Because God knows it's good for us. God knows that when we reach out to him, it does something inside of us. It just invigorates us, it inspires us, it renews us. It brings us to a a whole new dimension that is not an earthly dimension, but a spiritual dimension that is imperative for the Christian life. So I was asking God, so God, what can I share with these beautiful people tonight who are already very, very good at worshiping God. What can I do to inspire us and help us? And I just want to, if Anne would just put this up, Psalm 103, you can watch it on the screens, uh, in the NIV version, and it's verses 1 to 6. Psalm 103 in the NIV, verses 1 to 6. Praise the Lord, my soul, or my inmost being, Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, 
who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Now, many years ago, um, when I was uh, in Bosworth Street Church, um, there was a lot of preaching around at that time that, that we used to say were sort of prosperity gospel preachers. And, and so they were always talking about coming to God for what he can do for you. You know, when believing for your next Porsche and believing for your next big house and big mansion and all of that. And, and so we know as a church, we, we don't want to come to a God just because we want to ask him for stuff. We're not babies. We, 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 we come to God because of how great he is. But in doing that, I actually think we've probably come a little bit the other way, that when we come to God, we forget now about what he can do for us. We get, forget about how great our God is and all the benefits we have of being in God's house tonight. That scripture tells us not to forget all the benefits of worshiping God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And when you do, don't forget all the benefits of you being here tonight. Don't forget that he heals your diseases. Don't forget that he saved your sin. Don't forget that he, he crowns you with joy and righteousness. Don't forget that God is for you and he wants to bless you. What a great thought, guys, that we don't just come to a God because of how awesome he is. But we come to a God who is on our side. We come to a God who has your favor and your blessing in the palm of his hand. And he wants the best for you. I've been reading a book recently um, by Tim Hughes. You would expect that I'd read all the books by Matt Redmond, Tim Hughes, Darlene Check. You would expect that, I suppose. But this, there's just a thought um, that, that really jumped out at me in this book. Because I actually think what takes us... What is going to take us as Arena Church into a season of greater worship? Because that is my heart's desire. That is my heart's desire that as we worship, we move into a new realm because I do believe that is what God wants for us. And what I feel is the key to that is the revelation of who God is and what he is doing through this church. I believe God wants to reveal to us tonight how awesome he is. And just want to read this to you in, in this great book. God is glorious. He is spectacularly beautiful and majestic. That when we catch even the smallest of glimpses, we too are captivated. We are forever changed, left undone and lost in wonder. We respond to the overwhelming revelation of an incomprehensible God. Wonder is the basis of worship. As we step aside to inquire more into the mystery and awe of who God is, our hearts are captured. The more we look, the more we find. If you look at the night sky, you could count approximately 3,000 stars. However, if you look through a powerful telescope, you can see stars in their billions. As we wait, ponder, and muse, we always discover more of God. I believe, church, tonight that God wants us to discover more of him. I believe there's more in us to worship God like we've never done before, not just corporately, but in our daily lives, living a life in awesome, knowing the awesomeness of God, knowing that whatever situation we're facing, knowing that whatever is in front of us, that our God is able, that our God is not just able, but he's for us and he's, he wants the very best for you. 
Uh, Tim Hughes actually put it this way in that beautiful song he wrote called Beautiful One. You opened my eyes to your wonders anew. You captured my heart with this love because nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. God wants to capture our hearts anew tonight with the revelation of how great he is, how wonderful he is, how awesome he is. What I'd like to do is just read that Psalm 103 again, but through the message version this time, because I actually think it explains it even better than the NIV. Oh, my soul, bless God from head to toe. Now, let me just pause there a minute. When we worship God, I feel personally it's very difficult to do it just with your hands and your arms folded tightly. Because there's something inside of us that is inspired by how great God is. I often, I have to be honest, I struggle a little bit, and God forgive me if this is just a me thing, with Christians who say, I don't need to lift my hands to show God how great he is. I can just, I don't even need to sing if I don't want to. I, I just struggle with that because when I get into God's presence, I just am so captivated by how awesome he is. I just want to shout it. I want to dance. I want to lift my hands and tell God how great he is. It affects us from head to toe. David danced before the Lord. His wife was a little bit embarrassed about it, wasn't she? For those of you that know the story, if you feel that, that family members or people around you would be embarrassed by you going for it, don't worry about it. You do it and perhaps they'll follow. And just get lost in God's presence. Lift your hands, worship him. It just releases something in us when we just let ourselves go in God's presence. Is that okay? Oh, my soul, bless God from head to toe. I'll bless his holy name. My soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, every single one. He redeems you from hell. He saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy. He gives every single one of us here tonight a paradise crown. How good does that sound? He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. I like this one. You're always young in his presence. God makes everything come out right. He'll put victims. Do you feel like a victim? We all feel like victims at times, don't we? He puts victims back on their feet. Church, we come to a God tonight who is so for us. And we need, and I need, to get a bigger revelation of how great our God is, of not just who he is, but I, I just want to propose to us tonight, we've probably swayed a little bit the other way and gone away from saying what God can do for us. I want us to be excited tonight about what God, not just who he is, but what he can do in your life and in this town through a group of people who have a great revelation of who God is. When you have lived a life away from God and you've been wrecked by this world's pleasures, in quotes, when you then come back into the house of God, there's such a thankfulness and a gratefulness.
that can't help but just be in awe and worship such a wonderful God. When you've been in relationships where you've been beaten and bruised, literally, when you've been in relationships that have been unfaithful ones, and we heard Paul's great story this morning of how God had turned that whole thing around, you come into a God's presence with a, a whole new revelation of how wonderful he is because you've lived away from God and now you've got such a wonder and praise and glory surrounding you because of God in your life. So I just want to tell us tonight, just remind us that actually every one of us here, God has chosen you. You're not here by mistake. Do you remember the times when you were at school and um, it was on the sports field? I don't think they do it anymore these days because of all this, you know, kids not feeling rejected and left out and you can't even do it on sports day anymore, can you? But when I was at school, I know it was a long time ago, but you used to have a team captain and the team captain then used to, you had to line up and they had to choose you're like, you're first on my team, and then you're second, and you're third. Now, I'm not too bad at sports these days, but back then, I was a bit chubby, and I didn't really exercise, and, and nobody picked me. Not very often. So I was always one of those who dreaded, dreaded when you had to be picked for rounders, because I was always the one that nobody wanted. <laughs> and it was really sad. But I just... I wanted to share that illustration tonight because that is not your reality here tonight. God says, I've chosen you. You're on the winning side. If I'd got us, if Jesus was stood at the frontier, it would pick every single one of you first. You know that great um, program, um, The Voice, where they all sit with their backs in the chairs, don't they? And when they hear a voice that they like, they press the buzzer and they turn around. Don't they? And that means, I want you on my team. You're good. God wants to say to you tonight, you don't need to wait for the chair to turn around because it's already turned around. He's already chosen you. And he just wants you to know how great you are tonight. I don't want to decry any situation that anybody is going through tonight. But what I do want to say is that you are in safe hands in this place because you've come to a God who not only has the best for you, but for the past, but he's got the best for you for your future. So no matter what you've gone through, God says, I've got a great plan ahead for you. I want you to come into my presence and know that it's all under control. I want you to come into my presence and know that I've got a great plan. I crown you with paradise. I crown you with joy and compassion, and I've got everything worked out for you. In 2 Timothy in chapter 3, it talks about in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful and proud. They have a form of godliness, but denying its power. And I don't want any one of us here tonight to deny the power of God in this place because we don't have a realization, we don't have a revelation of who God is. You see, we're not just coming to a man. We're not just coming to a God who was the God of the Bible. We're coming to a God who's the God of today. We're coming to a God who parted the Red Seas. We're coming to a God who raised people from the dead. We're coming to a God who made the blind man see and the lame man walk. And he says, I'm here. I'm the same God. And I'm here for you tonight. 
the BBC this, this week, and I was, I was a bit, I thought, Phil's going to steal my story when he started talking about the BBC. But it's a different story, so we're okay. The BBC on Wednesday morning were talking about um, children and getting them to sleep. And they talked about the benefits of singing. And what they said was that people who tell stories, they monitored the, ch- the reaction of the child when they told the story. But then they also monitored the reaction and the behavior of the child when they sang to them. And apparently, it was just amazing to see the difference of the singing. Now, it had no reference to whether you could sing in tune or not. The point was, you were singing. I just want to share something with you um, that I was sent earlier today, actually, um, about the importance of lifting our voices to God. And uh, Sarah Watson, who goes to our Ilkeston uh, campus, one of our beautiful um, young people over there, um, said to me this morning, I've got this word I feel um, I want to give to you, but I'm not sure if it's relevant or not. And I read it and thought, wow, this is definitely relevant for us tonight. In, in his realizing the revelation that God um, wants to take us to a whole new level of, of knowing him. So this is what Sarah said to me earlier today. When we sing alone, we may sound out of tune. But when we sing together, something that may have sounded off becomes beautiful. When we stand in God together in unity, we can do amazing and wonderful things And our light will shine as a guide to the lost and the lonely. See, church, I I really take hold of that word because I feel that what God is saying to us at this time as Arena Church, that your worship is going to take you to a whole new level so that when you worship together, chains are going to fall off. Blind people are going to see not just those who are blind physically, but those who are blind spiritually, that the lame are going to walk, not those who are lame physically, but those who are lame and are feeling held back because of, of our getting a realization of who God is and knowing that as we worship God, as we declare God's favor and blessing and awesomeness in this place, that it will draw people into the house of God. You know, a great aroma, a great sound comes off of a corporate people who worship God together. I believe that God wants to take us to a whole new level. Several years ago, um, when I was praying, before we actually moved into um, Field Mill, I I was praying about at the Arena Campus in Mansfield particularly. And God gave me a a prophecy, a a vision actually. I've had very few visions in my life. And this was very, very clear to me. And what it was, was... um, it was a dishwasher, and the dishwasher was crammed, crammed full of pots. Now, I, I, I wondered at the time if it was because I was living with my mother and father-in-law, and my father-in-law, who's, who's very, very um, helpful to me, said to me once that, you know, if you don't cram the pots in the dishwasher so much, they get a bit cleaner, you know, probably better to do it that way. You'd see me cramming them into that dishwasher. So I wondered if this is where my sort of thought had come from. But I just said to God, they, 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 was, they were crammed into this dishwasher, these pots were, and they were cracked and they were chipped, which also happens when you cram things into the dishwasher, I'm told. Um, but, but what did it mean? God, what does this mean? So the dishwasher went on and they were cleaned. 
And what I felt it meant that in Arena Church, we're going to see people cracked and broken who are going to be crammed into this place. But by the beautiful washing of God's presence, they're going to come out of here. They may still have a few cracks. They may still have, we may still have a few dents here and there. But they're going to be clean and they're going to be washed and they're going to be new because of what God is going to do as we lift up his name and see his awesome presence in this place. I've nearly done. I've nearly done. You'll be pleased to know. Now, just want to finish with this thought that in Romans chapter 12, it tells us, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. What about if we take this confession and realization and revelation of how great God is into our everyday lives? That every day we come to God and present our bodies and say, God, today I want a fresh revelation of how great you are. I don't know about you, but you can feel in an evening that you know, oh, that week ahead, that I've got this meeting, I've got that to do, I've got a big, big week ahead, I've got all these things facing me. And then you can get up the next morning and think, why did I feel like that last night? You know, why was I so fearful in some respects? But church, can I put it to us this, this evening that if we live a life where we wake up every day in that thought and revelation of how great God is, we forget not all his benefits that we wake up with a fresh, re- fresh revelation of him each day of how wonderful he is, how awesome he is, how great he is, and that our God is able. And we have a realization every day in our lives of this awesome Savior. I don't know about you, but I, I want more of God. We've been singing that great song, More of You and Less of Us. And I feel in this next season, God wants to take us to a whole new level of worship, not just corporately, but personally, where we, we just know, we know, we know, we know how great our God is. So I want to finish by reading you this great, um, we, we've seen the, the video a while ago. It was by Dr. Lockridge. It's quoted in several worship books, and I just think it's great. And um, it's called My King. So if you just allow me the privilege in finishing to read this to you. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be 
an all-sufficient Savior. Do you know him? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. Do you know him? He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him out of your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him and Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. That deserves a round of applause tonight. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Thank you. So tonight... And I'm going to include me in this prayer in a few moments. But before we talk about wanting more of Jesus and wanting a fresh revelation of him, I wonder tonight if there is anybody who doesn't know Jesus. You don't know him. Those words I was singing there, saying there, actually, you don't know this Jesus. If that's you tonight and you want to know the peace and the joy and the awesomeness of a great God... You want to know those benefits that I've talked about, about being in fellowship with a wonderful Savior. If that's you tonight, I'd just like you just to slip up your hand right now. Don't be embarrassed. Just put your hand up right now if you want to know Jesus and know more of him. So as we close tonight, the band are going to lead us in this great song, More of You and Less of Us. And I'm for one, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I don't think I need to do an appeal here because actually I'm sure every single one of us would say we want a new revelation of who God is tonight. Amen. We want to walk out of this place knowing how great he is. I want to remind us again not to forget the benefits of living a life that is totally surrendered to Jesus. Not because just of who he is, but because of what he does for us. So let's make this, as, we, as Kev leads us in this song, let's make it a dedication of our hearts and lives again. More of him and less of us. Amen.